0: welcome to living in the matrix i'm jonathan and i'm left of center and i'm rich and i tend to lean a little bit more to the right but the bottom line is is together we try to look for the balance of what it means to be human in today's world all right let's get started and this is uh welcome everybody this is living in the matrix uh, i'm jonathan rich is out of town to, or i'm sorry he's at a business meeting today so unfortunately he will not be able to join us but Today we have Tracy Litt. Uh, Tracy, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So you and I have been, uh, you, well, actually I say you've been sharing content for quite a long time and what stood out to me is your love for women. Where did that come from? Like what's your background in terms of brought you to this stage? Because I love it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so grateful that we uh the universe connected us through Instagram, right? Like and yes, that's important for everyone absolutely. to recognize. It's like all of these technological mediums have just opened uh-huh. the ability to have broader conversations. So um the inspiration for women really first came through me as a woman and uh learning about myself um how Masculine I was, how keep my head down, push through I was. Um, my inspiration for women women is because I'm one of three girls. I'm the middle of my two sisters. I have three daughters. Uh, so I, I live in a woman's world, um, and my mother, who uh, unfortunately passed when I was 24, she, uh, towards the end of her life, was a women's empowerment speaker and a spiritual leader. Um, nice. And I also come from a really, really long line of wise Jewish Yiddish women of the village, like old, old, old school would sit around Mm -hmm. the fire and there is a magic inside of women. And too many women have been, that magic has been dulled or pushed down, or maybe there was a total lack of awareness of the depth and scope Mm -hmm. of power. Um, So I'm here to say it loud.
0: So let me ask you this question from a female perspective or feminine perspective, Empowered perspective. What do you think is the real power of being feminine? Mm, so, what I love about what you
1: just asked is let's separate it because the power of feminine energy is actually not specific to the gender of being. I agree. A woman, I agree. Right? I do. So fun. Yes, I agree. So, and that's part of like, mm, uh-huh. I, I can already feel like you and I are just going to go there. Oh, yeah. So, So the feminine energy component, there is a soft, grounded, womb space, kind of rooted feeling in the power of feminine energy. It's not like the old school lens of empowerment was like, Hear me roar, oh, you know, and that's like that's that's over. It's right. this uh, right. It's this sense of wholeness because you and I know, and everyone who is listening to your beautiful show knows that we are energy and we come from something much greater than us, and when and that means that inherently we're whole. Mm-hmm. Right, we we don't play the "I'm not enough" game once you wake up and you recognize the truth of what you are. Right. So when you come from this wholeness, there's this soft, grounded power that is not about uh, assertiveness and aggressiveness. It's about um, receivership and knowing yes. and allowance and openness, and whether your whatever your gender is. That feminine energy is in you, and it is available to you so I'll pause what do
0: you out. what will you say is that energy because it's distinctly feminine mm. i mm. what I've been really wrestling with uh, so I've been studying h- the human element i'm very i I study neuroscience, literature, theology, in terms of the human makeup, and i especially my background is Christianity. So we come, we have sort of half Jewish background in our history. And there's this distinction of the split between man and a woman in -hmm. in historical Hebrew literature. What I'm wrestling with right now is, and the reason why I agreed with you is because what I think is every human being encompasses both the masculine and feminine, and there's potential of both in each. It's not exclusive. Like I'm not exclusively male. I am born predominantly bent towards masculinity, but the real journey is discovering my femininity, which is the both and. Men tend to focus on the mind. Women tend to focus on the heart. And when both of those are present, I think we become much more powerful, grounded human beings. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on that?
1: We do. Well, you touched on, you know, the, 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 two things that are essential to your magnetism,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: to the representation of your wholeness, to your highest frequency, which we know is the contributing factor to the ripple effect. And that mm-hmm. is the brain and the heart being in coherence. Mm-hmm. So you said the mind and the heart, right? And so much of how we've been raised and the culture, uh, we're working on it but we're not there yet with the masses Mm -hmm. the culture and the society that we're in further affirms that separation, right? Man is man, women, woman is woman. So even being here and going, okay, wait a second, let's literally separate the concept of gender out. And to your brilliant point, go, okay, we are energy. Mm -hmm. We are 99.999% energy. Yep. Right, so we have to start there because then that opens the mind to 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 be willing to be aware that 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 means there are different energies available to me inside of me. Mm-hmm. I might not have noticed it. Right, what does consciousness mean? It means your state or quality of your awareness. So now into your mm-hmm. consciousness enters, whoa. So there's feminine energy and there's masculine energy. And it's not about an overcourse correction. It's not about mm-hmm. saying one side and this is me. It's about a beautiful allowance, an, an, an agility, a flexibility to enjoy and play in both and recognize mm-hmm. the interplay of both. And in one being, you have this gorgeous feminine energy that is like goddess receivership, heart's desire, you know, that mm-hmm. that sense in your body, of like my tears are coming into my eyes already and it's like my heart is open and this is my desire and this is what I am available to deserve and receive and you open that up and that's where the ease is And that's where the flow is. And you send it out and you're in this knowing, ah. And then the masculine energy in you comes in to be a devotee and a deliverer of that feminine energy side. And that's when we make it move. And that's when the masculine energy shows up to like get the shit done and take the action. And those things in marriage is like, ah, right?
0: Yes. I'll Absolutely, stop. my
1: body is like, "Yes,
0: no, I want you to keep going because I think <laughs> yeah. that's what most people are looking for is they're mm. looking for that congruence. I think that's the that's sort of been the historical norm is let's keep them separated mm. when in actuality, every human being wants needs that connection of themselves. like, as a masculine man, I spent the last thirty years learning how to drop into my heart. And men, mm. m- men stay away from their heart where women flourish in their heart. And I think that's the journey that, as we shift from like, I believe in the age of Aquarius, so we're shifting from a masculine age to a feminine age where what men are afraid of is that women are going to take over. Okay. Because women are a lot more powerful than we are. We're stronger, mm-hmm. but they're more powerful. Yeah because you're energetic you're much more cuz here's where the real energy is this isn't the real energy the real energy is down here you know what I'm talking about you're probably oh, oh, oh. feeling I'm it i like ah uh, i'm yeah. like so with
1: you i want to, i want to interject something here so no, go ahead. i love it i know i love it so what we're saying is and i speak about this often you know we're all too heady yes. we've all been uh, all of the trauma responses and adaptive behaviors all live in over-functioning, over-analyzing, over-thinking, right? Mm -hmm. We get way too cognitive about everything here's what I want us to know just in this moment about this gorgeous thing that exists in between your ears. This is the tool. This is something Mm -hmm. that gets directed. This is not a leader by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm asking everyone to please give less abdication of your power to this thing that is your mind. Use Mm -hmm. it. Use it. And where do we lead from? Mm, to your beautiful point, we lead from here. We lead from the heart. We lead from the body. And we mm-hmm. lead from our higher selves that are not here in this physical avatar in human form. This part mm-hmm. of us that is connected, this part of us that is connected to that which is so much bigger than us that like nobody's going to explain it to you because they can't. Like, I believe the day we can really explain consciousness in its entirety is the day we implode like there's just no <laughs>
0: there's no well, it's world. infinite it's exactly it's infinite
1: and it's vast and it's massive and there's so many things to learn about it so just being able to recognize okay wait a second right so so in real service of the, all of you beautiful listeners with us this mind allow it to take the back seat stop letting it lead because it's creating an interference in your ability to reopen Mm -hmm. your heart. Because even though you are spot on women, right? We are heart-centered, right? One of the things I observe that I work on with every woman that trusts us to guide her is actually unarmoring it. Because although it is Mm -hmm. natural and it is our gift and that's the guidance system, what has happened to and for us over space and time has created so much protection and we armor the heart and we armor it a little more and we armor it a little more and a little more and then before you know it you've disassociated from your heart and from your body and now you're living all in your head and it is a very very challenging place to live and it is a place that you cannot be the creator from you cannot if you're living in your head mm-hmm. you're automatically yes. living in a state of survival and you cannot be in a state of creation while you're in a state of survival.
0: Yeah. So I'm learning how, I mean, this is a lifelong journey. It started for me 30 years ago, but I'm actually very tangibly learning like that distinctive difference between being in your head. Like when Mm -hmm. you're in your head, it's very much of a protective mechanism, but I'm learning to drop into my heart and guess what happens? My first center is not what's protected, but what's the experience. And that's a much richer place to live. That's the value. And so many guys are afraid of dropping into their heart. I was one of them because if I do, I'm not going to be able to do this thing up here, which is be the protector, be the, even the savior complex. Like men like to take care of women. And there's so much more power in the both. And like, I don't have to live up here constantly I can drop in because here I can connect. Here's the thing that I think in terms of relationships I'm learning is when you drop into the heart and I start connecting to my wife at the heart level, it's an entirely different conversation, an entirely different conversation.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm having having the same experience with my husband as he also is on on his journey now Mm -hmm. as well. And- It's a different conversation because it's not an actual like conversation in the way we usually think about. It's a felt Mm -hmm. sense. Yes. It's emotion. It Mm -hmm. is actual connection, not existing in a house together, talking about logistics, coexisting ships in the night. It is vulnerability. It is like... I, the emotion is here because the heart See, that's is That's exactly so the stunning. opposite
0: of protection though.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, the, exactly. Yes, that
0: protective mechanism is what we're bent towards. And I think men want to live in that space. It's just we're so rooted in this masculine dynamic that won't even allow us. Like I, my, my mentor that I started working with three, uh, 30 years ago, he used to speak to men. He wrote a book called uh, Healing the Masculine Soul back in the 1980s, and it was a bestseller, and he would go around to conferences, and he would say, how many of you men are comfortable with your heart? Like, How many of you know your dad loved you? On average, one man would raise their hand. Mm. If you go into a woman's room and say, how many of your moms loved you? You get 100 women raise their hand. It's a very different dynamic, and I think as we shift this age, men need to start learning Not to take the back seat, because I don't think what happens is it just flips. Like women take over. I think it's this – women are much more both and than men are. Yes. And what the future looks like is not the present reversed but much more holistic together because women don't want to lead from – there are a few obviously when you go so hypermasculine. But I think the vast majority of women want a co-partnership. Like let's do it together, not – I'm going to rule you. What would you say to that?
1: Oh, this is massive. I am feeling so much, many beautiful <laughs> emotions right now. I'm in the midst of teaching our first ever Mind Magic group for men right now. Nice. Okay. We are in, we are in week three. Uh, and what you're saying is exactly why I was like, wait a second. You know, The consciousness revolution is here. We had our huge gala. Mm-hmm. And in honor of that, I said for the first time ever in five years of me serving our work, my body is saying men. And I'm in the middle of that. And I'm watching these men open and be vulnerable and beautiful and break that drip process. That's why I want to Mm -hmm. lean in here. Because what you were describing was the drip process when you sit in a space of men and one of 50, let's say, says, I knew my father loved me. That's a result of the drip process. And I talk about that in my book, We're the Human, because what happens is until we're now here in the consciousness revolution, right? In, in the day and age we live in where we're both here having this dialogue, our great-great-grandfathers dripped on our great-grandfathers who dripped on the grandfathers who dripped on the fathers who dripped on you and the men that are here right now. And that drip process was unconscious Unintentional. It came from such a depth of limitation that was unconscious mm-hmm. limitation, such yeah. great depression, such actual hardship, such need for keep your head down, don't feel it, be mm-hmm. the provider, be the hunter. They didn't have that choice that's yep. what was we don't live in that world this is we are literally having a stunning conversation articulating what evolution is what mm-hmm. shifting paradigms is and it happens at the level of the individual so it spreads to the group that spreads to the collective so of course that one hand goes up but then we have that seminar today and out of the 50 we'll have 25 that say I knew my father loved me and the goal is is that the next seminar in this 50 example all 50 say I knew my father loved me right Mm -hmm. so it's so stunning what you're saying because everyone as we said in the beginning has this capacity it lives within us because we all are energy and we all have a similar uh, biological wiring system to be available to open our hearts and to dramatically shift these paradigms of limitation, these identities, these K it's like a cage of your identity, uh, and shift our relationship with fear and perception of, well, then what will people think or how will this go? And working at the level of our nervous system, which is a massive part of our work and critical in general, mm-hmm. because you and we can have beautiful conversations and the heart could start to open. But if our nervous system doesn't feel safe, allowing that heart to open, it will become protective again, and it will push us back into the behaviors that kept the heart protected. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's what most—and I can't speak for women. I can, I can speak for my daughters, maybe a little bit, but I can speak for men in terms of most men avoid the heart because it's a black hole. Like it uh. feels like a black hole, and they miss out on the rich experience that. Like we like living in our mind because it's easier. I think for men to live in fight or flight mode than it is mm-hmm. to be open to stay open because then we could get hurt because we suck it. And that was the dive for me is mm. I've been on this journey for 30 years trying to dive into my heart. And, and the funny thing is, is that I feel like I'm just consciously understanding what it means to be here. I was walking my dog. Every night I walk my dog and that's my hour of real intense dropping into my heart. And trying to be, it's what I say. I go visit the unified field. Like, what is it like (laughs) to sit in a space of love continuously for an hour for myself and just live and enjoy? And it creates this rich experience. But what I'm noticing is that uh, a week ago, I was walking my dog and all of a sudden I had this very conscious experience of drop. And Mm. I'm living completely from here. And I go, okay, I get why guys freak out because here it's all experience it's rich it's colorful it's beautiful it's worthy it's dynamic that freaks me out Uh and i wanted so badly to go right back up in my head and it was hard to stay there but that's where the rich human experience is and i think that's what most guys miss that women have in spades is there's There's that rich relational dynamic that comes from living down here where you can connect to people because you're connecting at an energetic level that is much more powerful than this, you know, cranium thing we have up here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's – this is so good, because ultimately, <laughs> right, we're, we're living in the matrix. That's this this beautiful show mm-hmm. we're on, right? So the matrix is this uh, lack, fear, and separation perpetuation, right, in this low-level yep. third dimension of consciousness. And in that lack, fear, and separation, not only um, have most beings, but we're talking about men right now um, – mastered the adaptive behavior of control
0: mm-hmm.
1: because control is like uh, optimal safety. It's a lie nonetheless, but it feels It true. is a lie. <laughs> yes. It is a lie, but it feels true. Yes. And I really appreciate that because even for me as a gender woman, a woman as my gender, mm-hmm. my adaptive behavior was control, right? And I used to believe that I had to control everything to be loved. And I was super masculine and I had a lot of trauma and I had to keep my head down and just Don't feel, don't feel, don't feel because you got shit to do. Push through, right? So to to recognize what you're saying and the beauty of your experience, this is why it's so beautiful to recognize how to work with your nervous system as a Mm -hmm. primary ability to open your heart and elevate your consciousness and your highest self because it feels scary to, like you said to go from here into your body yeah. simply because when you're in your body and you're in your heart it's calling for a level of trust that feels so unfamiliar to you mm-hmm. that instantly your system's like and let's go back up here and control that because <laughs> we we know it we know how to do it we have the playbook for it so at the it, it feels so much safer and i put in air quotes right but it's not it's just because you haven't given your system enough experience in that coherence in that trust yes
0: tell me and, what's coming
1: and, through cuz you're driving No with me, totally
0: yeah. i i am completely on board with you because that is the journey uh, I, and and again this is not just masculine every human Thank being you. fights both and stories but it's Here's what I've learned from the neuroscience is your amygdala will, is exactly like AI. It's only what's programmed. And it's, it dominates you when you're in delta brain, when you're in that, that frequency, you're just fixed, you're stuck, and your brain can't learn where all the rich experience that transforms your amygdala is down here. So in order to make that journey, you have to drop in because this provides the experience that reframes what the amygdala is fighting against. If you never go down there, you never get that experience.
1: A thousand percent, right? And that's why it's all of the work that, you know, we do and that, you know, I'm sure you've been doing takes you below your beta and your high beta Mm -hmm. into, right, your alpha and your theta and your delta waves. And the thing about your amygdala, so your thalamus is what first screens how emergent this moment is to then send that signal to your amygdala amygdala, like this is not that big of a deal or you're about to die. So to to tie back in that nervous system component, the essentialism is because the more flexible your nervous system becomes, Mm -hmm. the better of a read it gives your thalamus so that not everything is going to kill you. Right. Says your amygdala. Right. So it's just so beautiful. And this is also why I love doing this work and having conversations like this, because it's simply allowing listeners, audiences, communities to understand this whole like how does this whole thing work? You know what I'm saying? Like a base level. How do you human better? How do you energy better? How do you what do you which levers do you get to pull? Understanding how you became who you are, understanding your program, understanding how to unbecome it. So you could understand how to become the next level of yourself. And it is so exciting to me. And what we need to be bringing forth in every environment, in every corporation, in every academic institution, not like who needs physics unless you're going to be a scientist, who needs like, you know, all of these other grades that we're measured on that keep us in this limitation. We need this education. We need this education.
0: Absolutely. So let me shift gears a little bit because yeah. you uh we've talked a lot about the masculine and feminine. I wanna go back to you. Where did this journey begin where you sort of found this purpose in your life? Cause you're you're completely bought in. You've organized your entire life around this process. Mm-hmm. Where did that start?
1: Um uh, it's well, it started started. When I recognized the depth of my worth wounds and my worth issues, which illuminated when I became a single mother, when my daughter was eight months old, we need to sit on that math, like just happened. And now I'm a single mother and I'm like, what the hell, whose life is this? Right. And I had a beautiful dark night of the soul and recognized that I arrived in that position because i was living in such victimhood i was mm-hmm. living in such um let me squeeze as many round holes into square pegs as i possibly can let me yeah. ignore red flags because somewhere in my belief structure i didn't believe i was deserving of more or i was capable mm-hmm. of more and even in that and this is important listeners even in that moment there was still something deeper underneath that that knew who i was mm-hmm. Everything that was sitting on top of it was eclipsing it. So that was like the little um, you know, the igniter that you put in the grill before you could it was just like a little fluid that got put there, right? Mm-hmm. And then um over time and, and space, I kind of like and was aware but ignored it a bit, um, recreated my life all in the masculine. Like I got it done. I got there. So that's the interesting thing, too, that I want to bring to light you can create success in the masculine. That's not what Mm -hmm. we're saying. Like I, you know, I brought up my daughter. I ended up being a VP of human resources. I bought my own house. I had a car, like all the things, right? And externally, it was like, damn, Tracy, you did it. But I didn't feel it. (laughs) I didn't feel it. My heart wasn't open. It was literally like head down, go, 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 right? right? So
0: then while I was, go ahead, please interject. No, I want to interject there really quick because I think the perfect definition of that, I just finished Elon Musk's biography. Oh. And I think Elon Musk is a perfect example of the hyper-masculine that Elon was very comfortable basically saying, we're, gonna net, we're going to work 19-hour days for the next six months. Who's on the train? And If you wanted to work for his company, it was like this head down, zero connection to his heart. You end up creating fantastic things. Tesla is an amazing company, but it comes at a great cost, and I think that's the That's, that's the, that's what it reminded me of you're talking about. It's that, that survival state works. Mm -hmm. It works to create even great things in business. But at the end of the day, there's a huge wake that's left behind that.
1: huge wake. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, so much. I'm like, where do we go next? And I know we'll go back to my story, but huge wake. And this is also where the consciousness revolution comes in and the world changing and the new world we're building Mm -hmm. because we are learning to prioritize how we feel. Mm -hmm. We are learning to redefine success by the measure of how many hours of the day am I spending feeling the way that I want to feel? Because that's, in fact, a success measure in the new world, right? Mm -hmm. So it's your example is so beautiful. And that's where it comes to choice. You can choose. You can absolutely live in your state of survival. And you can accumulate successful things. And it's also why so many beautiful people and some clients come to me this way, too. I did it. I nailed it. I've got, I sold the business for millions and I, you know, I got married and all these things happen. And why is it that I feel nothing? Right. And and why why am I still asking if there's more? Because when we're raised in the matrix of everything lives outside of you and you are driven everything externally, then you perceive that the outside is what defines the inside. So if I keep hitting it, yes. if I keep nailing it, corner office, Maserati, mm-hmm. big house, gorgeous yep. spouse, great kids, give me a dog, you know, give me a, a grease vacation, all these things, then we have been fed the total bullshit lie that that's when you're going to feel like amazing and your heart's going to open, but it's not. It's only (laughs) actually further cementing the armor that you've created, right? So, and is it an easy journey? Absolutely not to open your heart. Is it a worthwhile journey? The most worthy journey of your life, period, end of story. Because when you get to your deathbed, which is the only truth that there is, you're never going to look back and regret. I got back into my heart. Never, Mm -hmm. ever, ever. So I'll say that. So back to the story. So um, I end up in that position VP of HR. I'm sitting in that role for about 12 years and my soul starts yelling at me, like, what are you doing? This is not it. You have so much more to give, that kind of feeling and vibe. And at first it was like, no, I'm going to ignore it because I was neck up and I was super masculine. I was like, nope, I got it. Here we are. And I'm I'm a VP of HR. Like, isn't this it? Isn't this it, Jonathan? Isn't this what we're supposed to want? (laughs) I followed all of the order of operations. um, And then I finally, uh, after two years of being paralyzed by fear, listened to that call and I took the leap into human growth and potential and when I found spirituality human growth and potential um you know ascension it was like a wormhole like I went into this other world and I was like what is this land and I was instantly what happened
0: drawn what to it. what happened that kind of catapulted you towards that was it the, this was it the dissonance that kind of pushed you out or was there yes. a moment It was was
1: the dissonance. It was was this like, this is fine.
0: Because what I'm imagining is there's a lot of people who are at that space right now. What would you Mm. say to them?
1: Mm. Please, please, please trust your intuition. Please, please, please trust. then I have to listen to my heart. (laughs) I know. God damn it. It's so complex. Right? But yeah. Uh Uh-huh. That's the whole point. And that's why- Once you awaken, you can never go back to sleep, right? And, 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 and that's why it's a journey, you're choosing your, your actual, mm-hmm. let me say this too. Your actual purpose, everyone's, your actual purpose, all of our purpose as spiritual energetic beings in this human form experience is to tap in, to heal, to grow and to ascend. That is your purpose. Your passion, totally different story. You know, what you monetize, your calling, all different. Your purpose as a spiritual energetic being, having a human experience is to go within and untether and ascend, mm-hmm. period. And some of us have that wake up call initially through a career lens. Because we followed that order of operations, and then we land in these quote jobs or careers, and then you're like, "Am I going to literally rot away and do this for the next forty years of my life and feel the way that
0: I'm feeling?" Well, you can if you li- don't listen to your heart. That's sure, that's yeah, where most men are stuck, and we just wait till we're about fifty five to have a midlife crisis. And then we go cheat on our wives and buy the second car or the roadster whatever it is because uh-huh. we think, guess what, we're trying to feel something. That's why men uh-huh. cheat because yes. they want to feel something because they've been stuck in this mode for – 30 years yes, or whatever.
1: Yes, yes. And fun fact, from a highly conscious lens, what we know is the midlife crisis isn't the midlife crisis, but isn't it convenient that our society put a gorgeous label on it? And because everyone just drinks the Kool-Aid with no uh, autonomy and no questioning, it just becomes midlife crisis. You smack a label on it. You probably go get some Xanax and then you ride it out for the rest of your life. Right, right. Come on, everybody. Like, come <laughs> but on. But you didn't do that.
0: It's you so listened.
1: Insane. Well, I listened at, after two years of being paralyzed by fear. And I think okay. this is very serving to your listeners because it wasn't like, I have a calling. Let's frolic into, into this and let's just do it. Right. Not at all. It was – On Monday, it was like in my head, I'm doing this. I know I'm meant for more. I hear you, body. We're going to do this. And I started researching this whole human growth world and found a coaching school. And then on Wednesday, it was like, nope, sit down. Who do you think you are? This isn't going to work. Are you nuts? What are everybody going to think? And I gas-braked. I played that dance for two entire actual fiscal years. Okay. And Are you still
0: in your role in HR? Yes. Yes.
1: I am, I am, I am like fighting okay. the calling. <laughs> I am fighting the call. And it was one evening on a, uh, my husband and I were on, cause I got married when my daughter was five. <clears throat> Sorry. And uh, I was sitting on a balcony overlooking a beach and it was dark and he was inside and I was sitting by myself and kind of like the moment you described when you were walking your dog. And my, Mine was totally off because I was just sitting and listening to the waves and seeing an occasional like white cap in the darkness. And it was so clear. It came from like up here and it came from my heart. Like You're not getting out alive and you can't not go for this. You, 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 you have you. It was like the universe was tapping me. Mm-hmm. You're here to make a dent in the world and you got to get out of here to do it. And it was the first time that instead of then going back in my head, because the the mind is untrustworthy and the mind is here to keep you the same, and the mind is going to feed you thoughts from fear, ego, and past experience, the mind is never going to consistently be like, yes, get it, amazing, right? So it was the first time I was so connected to that heart and that higher self, her, that as soon as I felt that clarity of message, I walked inside. Literally, my husband was coming to the balcony to sit with me. I was like, "I'll be right back." Don't even talk to me. Walked inside and messaged the admissions director from that coaching school that was so patient with me for two years. And I just take my money, put me in the next cohort. Just, just take it now. And that was it. And then four months later, manifested a layoff from that corporate job, so I didn't even have to deal with that. Because here's the thing about the universe: when you move, I move says the universe. And it saw me move. And it saw me trust. And it saw me better myself. And it said, I'm going to clear the way. So I'm going to get rid of this job. And I'm going to give you a runway. And that is literally how I have created everything I've created up until this point. Just forward moving, total trust, relationship with greater intelligence. And for anyone listening, it could be God, it could be source, whatever you call it. I don't care. It's the acknowledgement. That there's something so much bigger than us here. And when we trust it, it gets so much easier and so much more fun. Mm-hmm. It's so much more fun.
0: That's what I try and um, – it's hard to communicate that space that it's actually safe when mm. you get there. Like yeah. that's part of the hardest thing. You, It's hard to convince someone who's living in their fight or flight mode. They're in total survival <sighs> mode. yeah. That it's like, yeah, that's a really good idea because they're strictly up here. And what they miss is the whole picture includes this. And then, cause that's what I think men can get stuck in the picture of it. Cause we want the mind wants really tangible things. Yeah. But if you're not connected to your heart, you're not going to feel the feeling that encompasses that journey. And that's going to be the catapult. And you found that you tapped into that. What made you then want to help other people? Cuz that's really your big frame is you like helping other people. What what drew you to that? That was immediate. That was uh
1: you know, it was the it was the helping of other people that really opened my own ascension journey because mm-hmm. I believe it's my responsibility to be the proof first because to your point, right? In order to do what we're doing here, it's our responsibility as leaders and guides, mentors, healers, to create the proof and the evidence that's going to empower the shift of belief that needs to occur for someone to take a dip in the pool, right? So Yeah, we have to show them. Yes. We have to show – we have to because even – and here's the thing about the depth, and we know this and we're seeing it all over the world in different Mm -hmm. depths and, and, and measures. belief is, feels impenetrable. It, even if, even if you don't believe in pens and I held this pen and I said, this is a pen, look, it's a pen. There is still a part of your belief structure and your self-protection, which comes out of skepticism that goes, I don't believe in pens. That's not a pen, even when I'm holding a pen in your face. So it's really important that we have indisputable evidence because little by little that allows people to go, okay, wait a second, right? It's like the very famous Roger Bannister, 1954, I believe was the year when he finally broke the four minute mile. And prior to that, no belief structure, every, every, well, you guys, this is how crazy it is and how awesome technology and advancement and evolution is. Every doctor in the fifties Believed in, don't run. If you run too fast, if you run too hard, your heart will explode. It's not good for you. It's insane, right? And here comes Roger going, I'm going to choose not to believe that. And he breaks this famous four minute mile, right? After no one trying it. And then what happens the day after, the day after, the day after? Someone yep. else is running in at 354, at 352, at
0: 351. Mm-hmm.
1: That is, that is, he was proof. He was the example. It was indisputable. Look, that guy just beat the four-minute mile, and his heart didn't explode. He didn't die. Mm-hmm. What's possible for me? And that's why I also am very uh, I'm emphatic about if you're going to lead this work, if you're going to coach or guide, even in the, the women that come to me, and now we're expanding to everyone who wants to get certified, embodiment's the game. I'm telling him all the time, you're the billboard. Don't ask me for an external strategic strategy on how to fill your program if you are not the embodiment of what you are teaching. Right. It, it's a non-starter. So it was that catalyst. It was me wanting to help others because I knew I had a gift. Like, it's not me that's saying this. I firmly believe that I'm the vessel that was tapped to share it. And- That's how I ended up starting to help people and changing the world.
0: Uh, Let me ask you a question because this came up and it's sort of the zeitgeist over the last year is what effect do you think Barbie had? The Barbie movie became a conversation sort of this, almost this ushering in. From your perspective, what effect did that movie have on culture?
1: I loved that movie. <laughs> and I but why think, from your perspective? I'll tell you why.
0: From my perspective. why did why perspective, everybody love that movie?
1: Because in a levity-based, and this is the important part, okay, <laughs> in a kitschy, light, levity based way. And the reason mm-hmm. that's important is because the antidote our biology gave us to open ourselves is levity, playfulness, silliness, kitschiness, curiosity. Curiosity. So, yeah. So the first part of why it was effective was because it was Barbie. It was light. No yeah. one was going in for some intense experience. Right. right. So right off it the bat wasn't a dark comedy. Yeah. Right, right. Right off the bat, you're like, oh, okay. And you're open. That openness was critical.
0: Right. And
1: the way it was done was so beautiful because it, in that light way, shined a light, it illuminated what the patriarchy lens and approach has created and what is possible when we come together differently, when the feminine and the masculine energies play, interplay, shift, right? That's why I think it was so effective, because we were open, it was light, and it really, really showed in a digestible way what the patriarchy really is. Well, I think that's –
0: so so much of historical – gender study is on find the right man and find the right woman and together you create the right partners you complete me kind of conversation (laughs) barbie took a completely different spin and says no i'm barbie's gonna be she's already feminine she's gonna discover her masculine and guess what i'm whole because she didn't end up with ken at the end
1: that's correct yes thank you
0: (laughs) and ken His point is to do the same thing. Now he's way behind the curve, but that was the brilliance of the story is it wasn't Ken rescues Barbie. It was Barbie becomes her own hero. Yes. And I think that feels disempowering to core masculine men. It's like, well, what's my purpose? And and she was able to say, well, your purpose is to join me because wholeness doesn't reside in me being completed by you, Wholeness comes from me being completed in myself. I have to be comfortable with myself first. And then I become an amazing partner to you. And if we choose to be a partner, but I don't need you, I work with you. That's the partnership that I think we're waking up to that Barbie really described is this idea that I don't need you, Ken, but I want to be around you and in relationship with you, but I don't need you. And I think that was a moment because I have four daughters, and I think about this conversation all the time, of how do I treat my daughters to begin with this whole sense of self that you don't need a man, you choose to be in relationship because there's value in it, but you don't need it. And you know, my my daughter said to me, I was with them a couple of weeks ago uh, down in San Luis Obispo, and. My daughters always said to me, dad, I don't know if I want to get married. I don't know if I need to get married. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's okay. If the convention isn't for you to be the subservient wife, the convention is for you to be a whole person in yourself because then you become love to the world. I think someone who's congruent automatically is going to start loving because that wholeness is going to burst forth with this wonderful fruit called love. And that's what we all want. And you talk a yeah. lot about love. What role does love play in all your teachings?
1: Oh, uh, I want to answer that, and I want to also just acknowledge what you just said because it was so beautiful. Um, and we are inept to connect with anyone else if we are not fully integrated and connected and whole within ourselves. yeah Anything but that is codependency. Mm-hmm. and um and I'm a
0: recovering and codependent. unhelpful.
1: Yeah, several, most of us have a percentage of some level of codependency <laughs> yeah. because it's the world in which we yeah. were raised, right? Right. But that really beautiful acknowledgement, and that's where we're going from a, uh, a a relational standpoint, right? It becomes, just like you expressed with your wife and I was saying about my husband and I, it becomes too beautiful individuals that are whole within themselves, Mm -hmm. choosing to thrive and exist and create and appreciate and intimate in life together. And Mm -hmm. that's a whole different level of conversation in the household. That's a whole different vulnerability. That is literally like my daughters are like hashtag couple goals when they see my husband and I, right? Like that's for the universe. That is relational goals And it's beautiful. So I acknowledge that. And the answer to where does love come in? In our work everywhere. More love is tattooed on my arm. Uh,
0: I have much love. Ah, Mine is ah, much love. Ah,
1: We're so, the universe knows what it's doing, bringing us together. (laughs) Uh, Love is everything because love is the truth of what you are. Yeah. Love is the truth of what we are. Mm-hmm. We are derived from pure love and pure consciousness and pure wholeness and oneness. And when you allow yourself to realize, wait a minute, this isn't something I need to find and then insert in myself. We don't have to try so hard. The truth of what I am is love. And the only question there is, is then how do I open to more of that truth? And how do I unarmor that beautiful heart to allow it? And then from that space, you don't have to over effort or anything because everything follows and flows when you allow yourself to beam the truth of the love that you are. Mm-hmm. It actually becomes that easy and everything in your mind wants to fight against what I'm saying because everything in your program is like, but no, it's hardship and it's struggle and the struggle's real and you got to do this and you got to work your ass off. Blah, 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 blah. No. Open to love, the love of you, the love that is available around you, imagining this beautiful invisible like gold beam shooting from your heart to the heart of every single person around you whether you know them or not you do cuz you're connected
0: that's not mystical either like your energetic field is actually there i've learned how to control my energy and actually energize a room and there's a <laughs> there's almost like this i can do that kind of moment <laughs> when you're like oh shit you know cuz it's like there's a power to that energy that if you are tapping into it and harness it you're not you're never controlling it but you're harnessing it for good to impact people in a very positive way that's when it gets absolutely amazing. Yes. You know yes. what I'm talking? I, I see oh it god, in you. Oh my god, all right? please. I know. I know
1: it it's and that and that kind of so it kind of dovetails to like a little bit of the beginning of our conversation right that right. power, right that feminine power. It's an energy, right? Your feminine energy power that's when you walk in a room and it's not because you're the loudest, Mm -hmm. right? There's something in the way you just energize that room. Your heart is so Mm -hmm. open. You are grounded. You are standing there. You walked in and you actually shift the resonance. You shift the frequency because you are love and you know Mm -hmm. it and you know how to harness that power coming right out of this gorgeous – and your field, the more coherent you are, the more love you are, the more potent and like mm, 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 your energetic field is that that goes out in circumference around your physical body. That's why when you're somewhere also, uh, someone could walk in and you feel the way we're talking right now and you're like, yes, I want to be in this room. <laughs> and you can go into another room and someone walks in and you're like, oh, God, why do I feel unsafe and shitty and I got to go?
0: Right. Right. Energy
1: doesn't lie. It doesn't lie.
0: Yeah. No, that's one of the things that when Rich and I started, we wanted to create an energy where people could flourish. Um, these dialogues are really with in that energy space. We want to create a space where people can really get really bright because there's something to the brightness. There's something to this journey that you've been on. Like You, you have enough tangible evidence to overwhelm your amygdala. That that's what I think most men don't have. Women have it in spades because they feel dynamically from it. it, They're much more emotionally intelligent. And I think kind of from the bent. But that's what men miss out on is this rich energy that comes from that when it's in a safe space. Like the dynamic of Ken and Barbie is two whole people coming together only magnify that energy. And that's what's missed is usually it's men like, oh, I can't be subservient. That's what the masculinity says because then I wouldn't be able to protect. And the woman says, well, I can't trust you if you can't do that. So they never get together. But if they come together as two whole people energized with a sense of their dignity, then it becomes a completely different dynamic. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what I'm beginning to explore is what happens when you live in that energy and you start sharing it abundantly. Because I have enough. I have enough of that energy. I share it wildly. Yes. And guess what? The more I share it wildly, the more that I have. It's like this weird thing. You know? It's like well, there's well, a well, reason. Well, because
1: it's, it's infinite also. Love is infinite. It is. Yes. And, 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 and it literally, the truth about abundance is that that's the truth of what you are and there is an overflow and an overabundance of energy available, and as you give it, you receive it, and you get fueled by it, and it's this magnificent, mm-hmm. like, energetic snowball, um, and it's magnificent. And something that you just said, too, that was, was so fabulous and profound, you know, when you have that, um, the uh Man who doesn't want to allow the woman to, you know, be more powerful, that how you describe that dynamic. Mm -hmm. The only way when those two do come together, because they do, however, they come together to bond that trauma. They come together to create an interlocking dependency. And that's what we're moving away from. And the answer to this then, because in order to become a man who, and this is kind of like this, the so part of the way we teach, and to become a woman who is to evolve your identity right? And that's what has to happen at the core. A man evolving his identity into, I love to, ta- I'm a man who loves to open to my feminine energy. I'm a man who loves to watch the woman in my life be in their power, right? I'm a, I'm a man who is whole and, and understands that I'm always safe. Understanding that is what allows and, and uh, opens all of the women and men and everyone in your life to rise and be held and in actual fact, That's the best support you can give. Talk about Mm -hmm. being a provider. We have to lose our great grandfather's perspective of providing. And we have to introduce a new paradigm to men of what it means to be the greatest provider and the greatest supporter in allowing those in your life to shine brighter.
0: I, 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 it's the, and here's the thing the men are afraid that as we shift into the age of aquarius the feminine age it's it's a decidedly feminine age yes we're gonna lose control and that's not what you're saying the relationship is you have to deal with your trauma and Mm -hmm. trauma is just the moment you decided you couldn't handle something and go back and if you deal with that trauma you lose, most people can't get to their positive energy because they're so drowning in negative energy. My mom used to always call it, my mom was a sexual abuse counselor and she used to always call it a wet blanket that we wear most of our lives. Mm. And most people don't even know that they have a wet blanket to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so I want to ask, how do you work with women? Cause you primarily work with women. How do you work with women to help them get over that trauma? Mm. So and, and work through it. It's it, getting yeah. over it a, a sense of I have mm-hmm. the capacity and self-control to mm-hmm. deal with it, finally.
1: Yes. Right. So we do it all inside of mind magic. Mind magic is our okay. IP. It's level one. Okay. before you do anything with us, you come through mind magic. And the real answer is, number one, we teach and guide a highly conscious approach to transformation and trauma healing. It is mm-hmm. not heavy. You are not broken. Nothing needs to be fixed. We don't allow you to play there because that's Mm. like trying to ascend while you're standing in quicksand. It doesn't well, it's work. it's focusing
0: on the negative we're and on overcoming the negative. Yes, you stay in this, right. yes, right.
1: this perpetual, I got to heal it, I'm not good mm-hmm. enough. That's the lie. We don't even play there. So we're already starting at a higher level. The other mm-hmm. thing is recognizing that the trauma is the, it's the physiological response to whatever happened. So it's more about a focus of focusing on the body, doing the somatic work that we do, okay. giving your nervous system the love that it needs. It is rarely ever important to understand the story of what happened, because Mm -hmm. you don't even remember it accurately anyway. Any research on memory will tell you. Highly biased. And that at best, at best, you're 50% accurate. Go just Google it. Memory research. like It's crazy. It's like, oh, shoot. It's like playing telephone. Every time you Uh recall it, there's just a zhuzh difference. And before you know it, it's a whole different story. So That's also why the progression of moving away from cognition, cognitive behavioral therapy is so critical because if we do the work of your body intentionally... Mm -hmm. and you start to untether and release through emotion and breath work and all these other somatic beautiful things, and at the level of your nervous system, you're doing certain drills, then before you know it, your body starts to open, and you start to untether from the trauma that was there. So that's literally part of how, and that lives all inside of mind magic, and then it takes – uh, you know, shifting your level of mind and actually we're rewiring your brain and the way that you think so that your cognition doesn't reaffirm the old trauma. Because it has to, it all has to work in concert. For it to be a complete, I love every modality and everything. And the only actual problem I perceive in anything is that it's just incomplete. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. you can't do affirmations without working with the body because the affirmations won't go past your brain stem into your nervous system to actually change anything. Right. So if you look at what you're working on, we need the holistic approach. Um, and that's one of the ways that we dive into
0: it. What is magic mind? You mentioned that.
1: Uh, Yeah, mind magic. Yeah,
0: mind magic. Yeah, mind magic.
1: Yeah. So mind magic is our methodology that combines uh, spirituality, energetics, neuroscience, and somatics to evolve your identity. So you are. It is a process that we have developed, Mm -hmm. of you becoming him or you becoming her. Okay. And it. Is that holistic, complete view? It is a nine-week semester, and every week stacks, and it's a, in a it's an embodiment process of untethering from who you've been, the program, the conditioning, the level of mind, the energetic, all of it, and actually embodying the next level version of yourself, who is a man who leads with an open heart, who lets other people shine, like we do that kind of work, you create manifestos, Mm -hmm. your he manifesto, who are you, how does he feel, how does he spend the hours of his day living, we identify emotional addictions, because you cannot exist in your new future if you're constantly affirming the emotions of your past. So it's a very thorough identity evolution methodology.
0: Well you really touched on something that I think is very simple is most people focus on healing by focusing on the negative. And all you do is reinforce the negative. You it's very hard to grow focusing on the negative, whereas you're saying, no, let's shift and focus on the positive. And why does that work better?
1: Because wherever you put your focus and attention is where you put your energy and it's what you root <laughs> into, right? But it's, so it's almost
0: like, like it's – like that's not the way it feels. No. Well, You're supposed be, to but, solve the problem and that's what men do because, really uh, well. We solve well, the but problem. But also <laughs>
1: here's what I love about this and high living in the matrix because that's what the matrix tells you. The matrix yes. tells you to be problem-focused, Yes. Because if you're problem focused, you will then stay in lack. You will then stay mm-hmm. in fear. You are then separate from a solution. So mm-hmm. it really enables the matrix for all of us to keep drinking that Kool Aid because then you really never change, but you waste thousands of dollars and hours of energy and time mm-hmm. and it's not working. And not e- it, only because the lens through which you're seeing it with and the approach you're taking is. It, that's why I use quicksand as the analogy. It's like for every step you take out, you're back in the quicksand, and for every you're just back mm-hmm. in, then you're just dip deeper and deeper and deeper. And it also feels unnatural because your current belief structure and lens is living through "I'm not enough." So if I'm over here yelling at you through love and saying, "Listen to me," that's the lie. Stop playing the "I'm not enough" game. Let's mm-hmm. do an, Let's do a healing journey from your wholeness. I'm sorry, what? I'm already whole, well, right? It's,
0: it's very backwards. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's historically backwards yes. for all of history. You don't yeah. solve the problem by focusing on the good. You focus. You solve the problem by focusing on the bad. And what you're saying is, guess what? That doesn't work as well.
1: It doesn't work at all. Because if you also yes. recognize what happens in our brains from a neuroscience standpoint, when you have a problem- right? And Mm -hmm. I'm going to take my pen again as my problem. And you hold your problem and you look at your problem. You get very myopic with your problem, right? Mm -hmm. And then often you tend to turn around and you talk to other people about your problem. And now everything in your focus and attention is on this problem. What's happening is you're putting yourself into dysregulation because you are myopic and you have this problem. Well, when you're dysregulated, Your prefrontal cortex is shut off because for our audience, yes,
0: go ahead. Help our audience understand dysregulation.
1: Okay, thank you. So in your beautiful autonomic nervous system, uh, you have the simplest way to understand it is there's two main states of your nervous system dysregulated, which is sympathetic stress for general Mm -hmm. terms. Regulated becomes parasympathetic, uh grounded, calm right? So if we just Mm -hmm. simplify it, dysregulated is stress sympathetic, regulated is uh, parasympathetic and calm and flexible. When you are in that dysregulated state, which most of us in this matrix world live in, in an acute sense, and you don't even realize Mm -hmm. it, that means that you are in a stress state. And that means that your prefrontal cortex, the front of your Um, brain right behind your forehead which is your critical thinker and your decision maker and your ability to identify solutions actually goes offline it shuts Mm -hmm. down when you're in dysregulation because the dysregulation in your nervous system says he's not safe right now so I need to get ready To poise, to pounce. I need to run. I need to freeze, right? I need to help this guy survive. He's not trying to innovate or get creative about anything right now. So it shuts off. This is a natural wiring and has nothing to do with your trauma. It only worsens if you have big T trauma, Mm -hmm. right? Or little T trauma. So to really be able to recognize like, okay, so if I'm in dysregulation, the ability to identify solution is impossible. Mm -hmm. All the solutions, the creativity, the innovations, the potentials, the possibilities, like I want you to imagine you're over here looking to the left, over fixated on your problem, being myopic, you're dysregulated. And to your right, every solution, every creative possibility, every potential is legitimately walking by you like nana nana boo boo, uh, (laughs) like trying to get your attention and you cannot even perceive it because (laughs) this is where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, I don't even remember what the origin question was, but that's essentially um, why trying to grow from a problem focus is ineffective because you don't have the most important parts of you online to tap into possibility.
0: Why do you love this? Cause you love it. I why love do you it. love this? I, I love it. <laughs>
1: I do love it. You Thank do. You. I feel so seen. I I love it. I could. I. It's like I have to pause myself in my normal life because all I want to do mm-hmm. is talk about this all day, all night. Mm-hmm. I love it so much because number one, I'm in such awe of it. I'm in such awe mm-hmm. of the fact that. When we progress and when we have research and when we have technology and we learn new things, we move from a world where we couldn't have had this conversation 70 Mm -hmm. years ago where we believed, all right, you hit 25 years old, you became who you became, your brain stops changing, good luck, enjoy your life, to now knowing we are malleable. Our brains change to the day we die. We're not fixed beings. We can become something, someone different. We're energetic. Like, it's just so exciting. How do you not want to scream it from the rooftops? Right. So, just that the I sit in awe, and just like you, because I know we're both like obsessive human spiritual potential, we want to read, we want to learn <laughs> in the best way. I say that in the best way. Yeah. Um, because we're in awe of it. I respect it. I'm yeah. like, wow, potential is this really incredible thing. So Mm -hmm. that was the, that was the opening, just like the all, you know, what's so interesting is when I was younger, middle school, high school, I was the worst student. I skipped class. I didn't care. I, I didn't go to college because I didn't believe I was smart enough, uh, because I was living in my, I'm not enoughness. And then as soon as I grew up and started working on myself and found something I was interested in learning, I'm like, oh, I'm one of the smartest people I know. Isn't that interesting? Do you know what I'm saying? Because I actually opened to something new. And then after that awe, the reason I love it so much is taking that awe, translating it, creating our own methods and methodologies and unique ways to teach it that work 100% of the time, like we've been audited, Mm -hmm. case studied. Then the proof and the evidence of the ripple effect, the life changingness of what happens because okay. I got out of my own way and I'm showing up to deliver what I know in that awe and I'm watching women and their marriages and their businesses and their leadership and their children are breathing because they're watching the modeling and kids are using terms like 5D. What? Like That's why I'm obsessed with it right. because it—that that is what we're here to do.
0: And I think here's the thing, everybody worries about the impact of social media, but what social media has done is it's changed the capacity to change cultural conversations overnight mm. because you're putting the power of the video. In, I, I think the video changed things when it was just text and words and articles that Facebook used to be, but like TikTok and, and Instagram have with reels and that concept of and shorts at YouTube have changed the game. And I think we began to see it with the Me Too movement. I've said this many Mm -hmm. times is I think the Me Too movement couldn't have happened 30 years ago because it was highly public, but it shifted the culture conversation in one year, Mm -hmm. like to such Mm -hmm. a dramatic level. And I think we tend to focus on the negative sides of social media, but it's also creating this empowered space where kids can go. There's this whole other world to learn from, and they're starting to. They're starting to really listen to what is the unified field? What is quantum physics? What does it mean to drop into my heart? What does it mean to have coherence? I think Dr. Joe Dispenza has really created a language for people that allows them to talk about it. Like we didn't know these things 20 years ago in neuroscience, and now right. we do that it's at the seat of our trauma, and we actually know all the moving parts. And we don't have to live like we did yesterday. I want to, you, you had mentioned one thing that I want to touch on is the, oh gosh, the right word was, um, uh, not enough. That was it. What do you say to someone who is in the not enough space?
1: Hmm. I understand that that feels real for you right now because it's been your program and you've spent decades affirming it. Right. And-
0: and feeling just, it and living it. Yeah, feeling it, it and yeah.
1: behaviors that affirm it and 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 then, right. you know actions in your life. And then you've gained more evidence because you don't realize you're living in a self-fulfilling prophecy that then further affirm the not enoughness. So what I say to you is, number one, there's nothing wrong with you and you're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. And if you would just jump on my train for just long enough and come to me with an experimenter's mindset, just for like a little window of time, and imagine that the truth is that you are whole. The Mm -hmm. truth is that you are worthy because that is inherent in your birthright. If you are here alive and listening right now, you are whole, you are worthy, you are enough, and there is nothing you ever, ever, ever need to do to earn that. And everything in your mind that wants to fight against what I'm saying is your system feeling unsafe because it feels so unfamiliar to not have to effort for your value. It's going to call you out of living in the matrix and living beyond the matrix in the truth of your energetics and your wholeness and your oneness. And that's the journey, right? Kind of back to mm-hmm. that wholeness and, and starting to play even as simple with what would change in your day today if you believed and operated from your inherent worth and wholeness?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What would change? And you're going to come up with answers like, oh, my body just relaxed. I, I feel expansive. Well, I guess I'd have that conversation. I'd probably leave that job, probably finally publish my website. All of these little things start to happen. And then you start to realize how much energy and hours of the day you have ended up unconsciously wasting on trying to affirm your worth. And then you're going to get all that time back and all that energy back so we can actually do the real stuff that you're here to do.
0: That's what I say in probably a third of my reels. If you let go of the bullshit, you suddenly realize you have a lot of energy, but you've been using <laughs> it just to, to stash it down. And it's like, just let go of that. And you'll have all this new energy that you yes. didn't even know was there, you know, because yes. that's what happens. Your body's meant to be energetic, but yeah. when you focus on the negative, guess what? You're only going to create negative energy and you're going to suffer. And I think that's the beauty of it is... Uh, is that what you teach women in your conferences, is sort of how to begin stepping into that space? Because I think it's a very powerful yeah. somatic practice.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really, I teach all of this, you know, and that's always the interesting thing for us, like as we, as we attempt to explain what we do, you know, it's the entirety of the becoming process, which is part mm-hmm. unbecoming and part becoming. And it's about heart opening and it's about shifting your relationship with fear. And it's about changing at the level of your mind, actually rewiring the the neuro tags. It's about reconnection to your body and nervous system. It's about dramatically shifting your relationship with emotion. It's about paying attention to the words that leave your lips. Uh, It's about tapping into the goddess that you are so that you can stop functioning and all the overisms of those adaptive behaviors and those trauma responses. It's all of that. It ultimately lands in Please start treating yourself like the energy that you are, right?
0: Mm -hmm. And And, and your your proactivity is not, let's let's not focus on the negative. Let's start replacing them with positive actions and positive opportunities. It's how do we move towards the positive because that's where all the life really is.
1: It is where life is. And rather than even using positive, we use language like aligned and empowered. I love because it. Because there's so much stigma around positive, negative. One mm-hmm. of the things we do at the core of the work is we get you out of judgment completely. We mm-hmm. teach you how to cultivate what we call uh, your non-judgmental observer. Right. You're a non-judgmental observer. We want you to be void of all judgment because that's judgment is one of the core things that keeps you rooted from feeling your feelings. And if I, Mm -hmm. one of the things in my core, my inherent talent, like my gifts from my guides, I am an emotional healer. There isn't a woman, 10 minutes we're crying and I'm loving it. And that's my goal. Pulling its energy. It's the release. Yeah. Yes. Pulling that energy and motion out of your body and out of your Mm -hmm. congested system so that you can shine brighter and your field can be more potent and your system can naturally regulate. So it's all of that together. And then it's, and it's, and it's not an ignorance or an avoidance of the past. We have to integrate those parts of you, you at three years old, when something happened, you at seven years old, you at 12 years old, you at 20 years old, like a Russian, nesting doll into the woman you are today in full love and full, you know, acceptance so that you are functioning off the truth so that those younger parts and versions of you are not running the show. Because please don't kid yourself. If you don't heal through, then you might look like you're 48 running your life, but you're not the 7 year old mm-hmm. in you that is still wounded from what your father said to you and the 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 un, the disempowering meaning that your natural subconscious made at that age is what's running the show right mm-hmm. so it's really important that we 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 do that work we just we don't do it in a heavy oh my god i can't believe this <laughs> what happened to me it's like no it's data high consciousness says yeah. Right. High consciousness says, show me the data. Ooh, isn't that interesting? Whoa. That's what was under there. Give me more. Give me more. Because in awareness, I can change. Without awareness, Mm -hmm. it's over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What does integration for our audience, what does integration mean? Because I think that's a really important Mm -hmm. concept of of alchemizing our pain into something valuable. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for you?
1: Yeah. So integration means to uh, acknowledge and uh speak truth to which becomes part of the healing process Mm -hmm. so that part of you that maybe you disassociated from because it was really painful Mm -hmm. uh can come back and integrate into who you are can merge into you because you had that moment where you acknowledged and shared with that part of you or that age of you whatever resonates Mm -hmm. um the truth right the truth that that moment where in in one of my lived experiences uh, i was around 6 years old and i was on the playground and i walked towards a group of girls that i thought would be my friends and they're all together and i walked over to play with them and when i got in front of them they turned around and walked away and that brutal was
0: brutal you were 6
1: i was 6 or 6 or 7 yeah that's brutal Brutal. And in that moment, because before you're seven and a half, eight years old, you're all subconscious mind and yeah. you only can internalize it about something about you. So that affirmed a wound that are already began of uh, well, clearly I'm clearly I'm not enough. And clearly it's not safe to be in relationship with girls. Hmm. So going back to acknowledge that so 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 then you know I became the girl in high school that had all best friends that were guys. I still had mm-hmm. a small collection of girls that I was like, okay, I trust you enough to be friends with me, but my masses were dudes.
0: Who is your best friend?
1: Oh, I have several now.
0: No, no but at that were, time oh, in that period of time was it a guy or a, or a Oh girl? no, it, was,
1: it it guys. Guys that are still my best friends to this day. <laughs> And all my girlfriends would be like, "Why do you have so many guy friends?" But I couldn't answer <laughs> it then. I couldn't answer it then because right. I didn't know it was in my sub. I didn't know it was in my psyche. I wasn't into it. It was, you know, it was whatever. You know, was aware to, aware to it. So it was like in that moment when I recognized that, and I went back to it, and then I acknowledged it, and I spent some time with that part of myself that um, felt dark and felt unloved, uh, and that version of me, and told her the truth. And embedded. What was the truth. the truth for you? Oh, the truth was... Like, what did you say not-
0: to your six-year-old self?
1: Oh, sweet girl. <laughs> you are so lovable and you are so amazing. You're not supposed to be liked by everyone. You get to be your own approval. And the friends that are yours will always be yours. Because that's the truth. The truth wasn't what I created in that moment, which is mm-hmm. you are not enough, clearly. Look, you don't matter. Um, and if you were enough, then clearly those girls would want to play with you.
0: Yeah. Right? And the problem the problem with the victim mindset is the victim mindset will le- will never let you be the hero mm-hmm. because the hero comes in and says, no, you are enough. Let's rewrite the story. That we, we picked up at six years old because we've been – and that's what most people don't realize is when you're six years old, you have zero prefrontal cortex. You cannot cognitively deal with it. It's all feelings and you're just going with it. So it lives in your body for 30, 40 years and they go, oh, no, I don't need to deal with that. Yeah. No, it's still there. It's still Uh in your body. And your body's operating from a limiting belief that you created when you're six years old. The reason to go back and do trauma work is not so it's cool. It's so you can be released. And that's the difference. Uh, Something you said that I absolutely love because it took me a very long time to realize is we don't heal to become whole. We heal to recognize we are already whole. That's what my mom helped me realize is you take off the wet, stinking blanket. What's underneath is the real you. And guess what? You've been whole the whole time. You just haven't been able to see it.
1: Yeah. It's like just a moment of amnesia. Like, let's bring you back to the truth. You know? And that releases you
0: from having to accomplish anything. You don't have to become someone. You already are. Yeah, I I love that journey, the way you're you're creating this for women and even men, it sounds like. It's this idea that... There's a whole another way of living when you get out of your head and you get out of the trauma state because the trauma state is very real. I, I like last year I was working with a coach, and I realized I had been so I'm on my second marriage, but my I was divorced ten years ago, and I realized I had still been living in survival mode from that divorce, mm. and I had all of these plates that I was spinning trying to keep life because I became very codependent, solving everybody else's problem. And ignoring my own, and I realized that's really detrimental ten years after the fact like it's okay to be protective in the moment divorce happened, but if you carry it for 10 years, it destroys your life and I realize so many people want the healing that you're talking about yeah. they just don't know how to get there
1: yeah, and um, it feels scary yes and and yes. you know, my, te- my TED talks on fear partly for this reason. It feels scary. And and shifting your relationship with fear is something that has to happen for you to be able to show up for yourself, right? And really, Mm -hmm. really um, recognize the protective nature, right, of the fear that you're Mm -hmm. feeling. And fear is not a stop sign. It's an indication of where we need to lean in and where we need to show up for ourselves. Um, and, And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And something I want to touch on that you said, you know, so when you you have that experience, and then you go back to your head, you were saying, right, so the occurrence mm-hmm. happens and 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 if it impacted you physiologically, it becomes trauma stored in your body, and then you go back up into your head, and the reason why you think you're okay isn't because you're okay, it's because you disassociated from your body so you don't have to feel mm-hmm. it, so you live from your neck up and you call that life yep and it's yep.
0: not yep. Yeah. Tracy, you've been <sighs> absolutely amazing. We got to do this again.
1: I know. I know. I, I would I, love
0: to do this again with you. So agreed. Um, h- how, do our, how do our listeners find you?
1: Yeah. So the best place to go, Instagram, we are super active on that. It's at the lit factor and it's L-I-T-T. So the lit factor. And for mm-hmm. all of the women listening, the school of uh, is an amazing place to hang out, incredible library and other things to dive
0: into. Give me a quick summary of that that our yeah. listeners can engage in. Like what is that path look like?
1: Yeah. If they were to cool. be interested in that. I love it. The school of becoming.com is a new institution of higher consciousness and intentional evolution (laughs) for modern trailblazing women. And we have a gorgeous library come in, create a free account, and you can like mark things. And as you want to read them, you take our Ascension assessment, which literally shows you kind of where you are on your Ascension journey. And then we deliver Mm -hmm. you curated library content to support what level you're Mm. at. So then you get like a read and a watch and a listen based on your results. Um, And that allows you to just kind of start your own intentional evolution. And then our core curriculum starts with mind magic. So we run semesters like a school of mind Mm -hmm. magic. It's nine weeks long. Our next semester will be winter, which will start, uh, I think it's end of January, beginning of February. And that's nine weeks. And that's where we begin. And you evolve your identity. And then you have different levels of choices inside the school from there.
0: So here's the bigger question that I know everybody who's in the coaching space asks, what is the – but I want to ask you because I think your your program sounds like it's completely worth it. And I say that because I'm reading your energy, not your – like your your desire to help people to me is off the charts. I love that. What would you say is the reason to make the investment in yourself to participate in that program? Because Because – it requires an investment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because you're the cause of the effect. You're the common mm-hmm. denominator, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is coming out of you. And of all yeah. the investments you make in life, uh, the thing that's always going to deliver you the biggest ROI is anything where you invest in the asset that is you. Because when we work on you, we change the way you hear, the way you think, the lens through which you see the world, which then automatically shifts everything else around you. That's what happens. That's a, it's science. It's a variable. Mm-hmm. If you're the variable that's generating everything in proximity to you and we go up and we change that variable, everything in your life, your business, your money, your relationships, your intimacy, your parenthood changes in relationship to you changing. So just make it easy. Stop investing in everything outside of yourself and make the singular investment inside yourself and you'll be like, what? Why didn't I do this 30
0: years ago? But it doesn't show up until you make that investment. A thousand percent. That's the hard part. Yes. And that's percent. why I want to encourage our listeners, make the investment in yourself to participate in what Tracy's doing, because yeah. I I haven't seen a better coach who has a bigger heart. Um, I love your work. I love what you're doing to help people. I loved your Ted talk because you're basically saying we need a new paradigm. We really do. We need a new paradigm and shift into it. We, we like, let's not play in this old playground. Let's create something new. And I ask, I, I love what you're doing. Um, it's very powerful and I know you're going to change a ton of lives. So Trey, thank you so much for joining us. This has been absolutely thank fantastic. You.
1: Thank you so much. I enjoyed every second. I could sit here and talk to you for hours and hours and hours, and I'm excited (laughs) to see all the things. We're going to come back and do this again. Absolutely. And there's also also something else. I can sense it. There's something else floating around. So I'm just going to say it now for all the listeners, because you're going to want to pay attention to Jonathan and I, because there's some other stuff that's going to come (laughs) out of this creation. So we'll keep you posted, but I love it. And thank you for having me, and your generosity, and your knowledge base, and the way you hold space, and your energy, and your vulnerability. You are... Are a magnificent model. Thank you. For I appreciate men, it. you are a magnificent model. Especially, you know, we share daughters. You are a mm-hmm. magnificent model for young women. Your daughters are so lucky. Uh, you are a magnificent model for men who might be a little bit afraid or unaware of what's possible. So please keep doing everything you're doing because the impact is real.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that very much. I love this journey. It's been really hard, but it's been incredibly worth it because it's led me to conversations like this. So Tracy, thank you so much. Uh, To all of our listeners, we love you. Please comment, uh, review, let us, and and again, if you have a guest that you'd love to see on our show, please let us know. We're finding a lot of guests that way. Um, So to all of our guests, we'll see you in a week. Much love, everybody. I'm sorry.